this morning, I'd like for us to pause uh, here at the beginning and not sort of um, run by some of what's been happening in our world um, these last several weeks. We're in no way going to be able to um, sort of bring attention to all the tragedies. But I thought if it, we at least every once in a while practice saying that we noticed and we're willing to feel something is maybe a, a different um, experience than we're accustomed to in our culture. Um, so we've, we've highlighted just three of those. I'll kind of walk you through it. It's, it's not going to be too painful. Um, that'll come later um, during the message. But um, for now, we're, we're going to highlight three areas in the world that have suffered. We're going to pray, and if you can't pray, that's okay. The, the scriptures say the Spirit knows. The Spirit knows that when we can't form a word, that He, he will groan with us, and He can pray for us. Um, the candles will be an invitation for you. It can be symbolic in whichever way you want. For some, it's the light of Christ in the world. For some, it is the, it's the expression that I acknowledge and that I'm praying. Um, even in the Old Testament, the idea of the smoke going to heaven. So all of that. I'm going to invite three friends who have some connection sort of geographically or emotionally to these areas. So Francis and Angelo and Liam are going to come up. And on the slides, we're going to begin. We'll begin with New Zealand. Just a little bit of information about New Zealand. And then I'm going to simply ask Angelo to pray. So we'll start with Angelo. And as he prays, if you haven't met Angelo, you'll know why he's the New Zealand representative. And um, so, uh, I, as you, this one is perhaps, I don't know if you're, there's more information on that. It seems like in the news, as I've been trying to get information, this one perhaps had the most. And it's, um, it was a white nationalist who has confessed. So it's not just an accusation. And he murdered... 50 Muslim worshipers. That's all we know. Angela, would you pray for us? Lord God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for all the things that you are doing all over the world in all of us. You are drawing us to you, and you are doing that with the purpose of reconciling all things to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I pray that, that we would look to you in the midst of these tragedies and in the midst of our own lives, and that we would focus on uh, your ministry the ministry of reconciliation. And as you have purposed yourself to reconcile all of us to you, I pray that we would take that and begin reconciling within each of us towards each other. And as these tragedies take place, I pray for those that have experienced loss in the midst of that, 
And at the same time, I pray that they would look to you and look to reconciliation. And so with that, Lord, I pray that you would not only open all of our hearts, but then you would also protect them, protect them from ourselves and protect them from the enemy and all that would come up against reconciling and you're a ministry of that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Angelo. Nebraska and the Midwest, we've had a lot of um, sort of, it, it's, it's been like a, a, slow, a slow train wreck watching as more and more is coming. Um, you can see some information there. The 53 out of 90 something counties are in emergency. And then just anticipating what most likely will be coming later in the spring and the summer with the Mississippi River is very frightening. It has to be, I'm assuming, quite overwhelming to our friends there in the Midwest. Um, also, I wouldn't, on the little prayer sheets that you're welcome to grab here in a little bit, there will also be some places uh, for some, some folks. Not, there's lots of people doing good work, but there's a couple of specific places if you wanted to send some money to help that you can do that. I think we're not, I think that's the Omaha airport. Francis, if you would pray for us. Father, um, we just want to lift up the whole Nebraska community, and it sounds like pretty much half the state. And um, there may be people here in this room that have a personal connection to Nebraska, and I know I'm one of them, and my grandparents were farmers right along the river that has been one of the areas that flooded pretty drastically. And so um, I know there's a lot of little farming communities and the cities as well as we can see from these slides. And like um, my mom was talking to her sister who's like 88 years old or something, uh, Charlene, and uh, she says it's the worst flood Nebraska's ever had in 100 years and she can speak to 88 of those. So, um, mm. Lord, we really want to lift up all the people there. And, Lord, it's, for me, such a reminder that control is such an illusion that life can be going along and something happens to flood us and overtake us. And so I pray for the Nebraska uh, people that were affected by this, their families, their cities, their farms. Um, we probably eat food from those farmers. Mm. I would imagine. So um, we just pray that they would experience an outpouring of your love um, from those around them, from us, from people around the country. And there's something about seeing the pictures that moves our hearts. And when we turn our face away and don't look, we can maybe disconnect from it. And, um, but there's something about when we see something up close that it's hard to not be moved by that. So um, I just uh, thank you for uh, this body and any other places around that would be moved to just um, come alongside and be with them in their suffering. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Francis. The third place we will highlight is in Mozambique. 
And I'm, I will confess, I've, I've, I have noticed it. I, I've been trying to get more information. Of course, you can hunt for it and get it. I was watching the national news the day after this happened, and there was a less than 20-second um, sort of acknowledgement of the, what's happening in Southern Africa. Sometimes in our community, in our culture, something so far away, and for people that are different than us in some ways, it's easy to detach, I guess. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's really, really bad. And it's, it's bad on so many levels. Beira, the large city, I think we'll see a video here in just a second from Beira, which is one of the larger cities in um, there. 90% of that 500,000 people city has been destroyed. Chapa, estava guardado o pessoal, o pessoal está muito mal aqui. Outro está no hospital, está a ficar mal. Comer está a comer mal, está a dormir mal. Nem casa não temos. Pior parte, quase 95, 97% das casas que desabaram são todas elas construídas de material precário. Roupa, nem o que, nem coisa de comer, não temos nada, somos assim mesmo. De uma maneira, dormir na estrada, chuva não, chuva, assim mesmo. A maior ameaça que nós temos, mais do que o próprio ciclone, agora é a água, porque a montante está a chover. And decided not to move on. We raised those. Kuti wakafusiri wapapi. Saga imba yacho. Apasi na chinozi imba. Apasi na chinozi mzio. Apasi na chinozi mwicho kupega. Apasi na chinozi chokufuga. Ango saramato mbocheti. And so it's not to sort of rank tragedy, but in places that have resources that can quickly get to Nebraska or quickly get to Christchurch, south, the southern part of the continent of Africa, or much of the continent, doesn't have that. So when 90% of the homes are destroyed, there's not going to be a very quick and fast recovery of that. And so Liam is going to pray. And you can say real quickly what your connection is. Uh, my connection is that my dad is from Zimbabwe, Africa, which is kind of the neighbor yep. of Mozambique. Yeah. Thanks, Liam. 
So I would pray for Mozambique and the people that need healing physically and mentally. I pray that they would get it from you through the people that are there to help them and that they're not losing hope in the fear of what's going on right now. I pray for the people who have lost others because of this and I pray that the people that still need help can get it. I also pray that this gives notice to the economical issues that are over there mm. in Africa because yes, the flood happened and yes, the cyclone happened and that's horrible, but the economical issues are something that's not to bat, to bat an eyelash at. Mm. And I pray that the people who are there to help realize that and that we can help Mozambique and Zimbabwe and other places around there be able to stand on their own feet. Mm. That they don't need to lean on people forever. And that we're able to help them in, in a stable process so that they're able to just lean on each other as a community. Mm. Thanks, brother. Amen. Thank you, guys. I appreciate your, your help and your prayers. And now, the, a part of our being together that is, is a little different than typically we do is we're going to share communion now. And part of the reason is because, as the Scriptures tell us, we mourn with those who mourn. But we share, wherever you are in this world, we share the same salvation. So as an experience, I think, of solidarity, I, I wanted us to, to do this in the midst of being with these friends and brothers and sisters that we've been noticing, whether it's in New Zealand or Midwest or in Africa, that they too will be breaking the bread and drinking the wine as a part of their confession. And though the miles and culture separate us, in Christ it says that we're one. As you take your communion, as you participate in remembering that salvation, that's when you, if you would like, you're welcome to take one of the, the flyers. Um, if you want to light a candle, you can, no, no pressure. It's just, it's just some ways for you to begin to sort of move and, and express. And also, if you would like, as it will relate, especially as we're processing this in the, some of the little bit of message time I'll have, if you wanted to take a three-by-five card or a couple of those and a pen, that might help you later. And so here at the sanctuary and around the world, Jesus took the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And afterward, he took the cup. Say, this is the blood of the new covenant.
juice will be in the white cup and wine will be in the brown cup and there's a gluten-free um, bread to my right. And I'll say a quick prayer of thanks. And it's simply this. Heavenly Father, we thank you that there was enough bread of your body, enough wine of your blood for all the world. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Vince. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I will intentionally not watch the news or I'll intentionally see a, a quick, you know, a blurb of something happening in the world on Facebook and I, I intentionally just go by it and I have this, I can't, I can't process anymore. I don't want to see it anymore. So that's... Um, it's a human experience. So I'm going to ask you to do me a favor now. We'll, we'll change the temperature just a bit. And if, you don't have to be sitting next to somebody. If you're close enough, you can even mouth the word. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you a word, and I want you to think of the words that accompany that word. All right? Not a definition. You, we don't, your friend doesn't need a theological treatise on what you believe about that word. But just what other words accompany the word that I tell you, okay? So here's the word, blessed. So when you hear the word blessed, what other word comes to mind to help flush that out for you, all right? So just turn to somebody and share a couple of them, okay? Thank you. Happy. All right, what's a, what's a word? We'll, we'll, we'll crowdsource here a little bit. What's a word you heard? What does somebody say to you? Happy? Happy? Grateful. Grateful? Grace. Grace? Thanks? Health? Health? Hashtag. Hashtag what? Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you hashtag it, it must be true. <laughs> Yeah. Hashtag for some of you, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> we, uh, that's nice. Like, regardless of, you know, we could go on and on. And I, I think blessed is one of those words. You remember we did that bucket theology thing? It's one of those words that is it's, it's bigger than any one of our definitions, right? And none of us can, can sort of in a moment in time capture all of it. But we do know this. It's better to be blessed than not blessed. Like nobody's going, hey, would, would you like to be blessed? Yeah, let me think on that one. Like no matter what you come up with, you, you at least can intuit that I would much rather be a blessed person than a person who is not blessed. Second exercise. Same format. And again, not a... Give, you, give, you don't need, we don't need theology behind this yet. Just a response, an image. 
a synonym for this word. Mourn, to mourn. What comes to mind when you hear or think of mourning, the act of mourning? Go ahead. What did you hear? What words came up? Loss. Loss. Disappointment. Disappointment. Sadness. Sadness. Grief. Lazarus. Lazarus. Time. Time. Empathy. It's on the one word. Who wouldn't want that? And the second word. Who would want that? Who would want to feel death, pain, disappointment, loss? Grief, hurt. Perhaps you're so clever, you know exactly where we're going, right? Is this the weird, like, so Jesus in his most famous sermon says these words, blessed are those who mourn. So if you just think about the two lists we just made, how does one relate to the other? How do you you get from blessed, the thing we want, what does this, what does mourning have to do with that? Um... So it, it, as I was processing this, I, I just had this thought. So therefore, there must be an alternative to mourning. I, I, don't, I, I don't think that Jesus is simply making an observation about the reality of life. But I think he's saying that for those who, when facing that reality, do something. What's the alternative to mourning? Well, the alternative is to shut down. The alternative is to, in a sense, refuse to feel What is the reality around me? To not mourn is, in a sense, to try to rewrite history, to rewrite the story, is to to simply deny what is true. And, 
as, as people, I'm not saying it's effective, but we have a way to do that. The alternative to mourning is to numb. It could be TV, food, sex, shopping, chemicals, work, lethargy. The list is endless. There is an endless list of alternatives to feeling the pain. I've said this before to you, but as a reminder, alcoholics don't drink to be happy, but they drink to not feel. Feeling is incredibly hard work. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say this is all that my friends who are counselors and therapists do, but a large part of their job is to create a space where they can help you have language and courage to mourn, to have a space and language to stop the illusion that by denying it, I can make it go away. You see, none of us have had that experience. None of us have ever had an experience where by denying the pain, we made it better. None of us have had the experience that somehow by shutting down, I could become healthier. I could become a more whole person. I could go, I could get to the thing I want, which is a blessed life, a life that is free and alive. And the way I can get there is I can shut down and imagine that it isn't true what is happening to me and around me. If I ignore it, then it won't be real. So this, this process, this how do I, how do I, what, what is this, why am I invited to face reality and experiencing the pain that goes with that? As is a, a very consistent theme in the story of Jesus, he's asking us to stop trying to save our life. Although every instinct we have is to be self-protective, he asks us to trust him. What he called, lay down your life. Lay down the way in which you believe you can be most alive. It takes tremendous courage to mourn, to feel the weight of the pain. because it says, blessed, all oh, whatever that may mean, but it's all good, are those who mourn, and I don't know all that it means, but it, it's, it's not fun. Because what happens to those who are willing to do that? They will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Oh, to want to have the experience where someone bigger, stronger, 
will come and wrap me in their arms, put their blanket around me, and hold me. But I have no room for that if I deny and I run away from my pain. I want to... Um, I believe mourning, this idea of facing our pain, is best done in some form of community, small, family, what we call church. But my experience has been one of the reasons it's really difficult to, to say out loud the reality of my life is well-meaning people will become very uncomfortable with that. It's, it can be very uncomfortable if a community does not have a language of mourning to mourn. I don't know, but I've often been in these scenarios where when somebody expresses that mourning, so quickly everybody wants to get to the, to the answer, that there's got to be an answer for mourning. They're, 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 you know, don't forget that the Bible says, and, and not that that isn't true, but sometimes we want to fill the pain immediately. Here's a couple of clues you will know that your friend or even yourself is on the brink of being brave and stepping through the door, being invited into the door of comfort by being honest about the pain. And this is how you'll know. If they say to you something like this, I don't know if I can say this. You can say them, oh, you can say it. In fact, you need to say it. But see that instinct that says, I don't know if I can say this. because it's been so hidden. It's, it's, and I may not even have really nice Bible words around it when I talk about it. That's okay. Pain doesn't come out always in a really sweet-sounding sentence. The other is, can, can I ask this question? I don't know if I'm supposed to ask these kinds of questions, but I have a question because you see our, part of our mourning is we've wondered where God was. We've wondered why did I feel abandoned? Why did I feel alone? And it scares me, and I'm afraid to ask, and so I don't. I, um, I've thought about it in my own experience. There are lots of things we could mourn, but I want to share just one with me. There is, for me, the, these painful moments in life that, I have, that have been in my past that I have wanted to bury, and they have they have erupted in some destructive, life-sucking behaviors, for sure. But the one that 
often will catch me unaware is, is my inability to embrace the loss of the dream, the loss of the way I thought life was going to be. Sometimes for me, the hardest thing to mourn is this is not how I thought it was going to look when I was 25. I, I, I love my wife, I love my family, but this isn't how I dreamed it. When I dreamed it, I don't remember dreaming about having fights. I don't remember dreaming that there would be hard conflict with my children. I don't remember dreaming that I would have to walk with them through some really dark places. I don't remember dreaming that I would feel in my gut all the story around my granddaughter. I never dreamed it like that. It dreamed, I, could, I only dreamed of this very unrealistic life. And to say that, it, it has made me angry. Your expression, your ex response may have been very different, but that's been mine. And to walk, kind of help you walk through this, angry, anger makes me scared. And then I shut down. And I get a milkshake and it goes away. or I Netflix binge. As we, just in a tiny little way, crack the door open to want to pray for and feel the world that isn't the way we wanted it, I believe that is when Jesus said, I am the way, or I am the door. That's the door we walk through. That's the door we throw open that invites His comfort into our life. Let me pray for us. Father, help us walk together alongside each other. Help us be good friends, bearing the burdens of one another. Help us mourn with those who mourn and help us uh, laugh with those who laugh, to weep with those who weep. Father, thank you that in the midst of whatever pain we have in the past or loss of what we thought would be in the future, I know your story is you want to be with us. Lord, rescue me from my most destructive behavior, and that's I isolate. I just isolate. So I pray for me a freedom for that, and I pray that for my friends here. In Jesus' name. Before our benediction, I wanted to invite you to this beautiful, I, I just love this imagery of coming to the river. And there'll be some friends who will love you and pray for you. you. You may not even have to say anything. They can still pray for you. 
You don't have to say a word. You can if you want to say the thing that you've been pushing down. They'll pray for you. They'll pray for you. But it takes a lot of courage to come up here. I know that. Oh, Lord, compelled by your love, drawn by your love, and empowered by your Holy Spirit, I pray you help us. You help us feel and no longer deny. Amen.